0: Let's listen to really smart people, take what they have to offer, and use it as our own. Kind of how we got through school.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever go to health supplement stores when you were a kid, like a teen in high school?
0: Um, I no, not as a teen. I don't think so. I, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say my my brother, my older brother, he got really into weightlifting when he was maybe a, well, I don't know. He started kind of young, like I would say eighth grade, freshman year. He was like lifting very regularly. So I remember he was like he would ask my mom for creatine, and again, this is in ninety, you know, five maybe around there. So it was it was definitely like my mom was like, "What creatine? What's that?" I, but I, I feel like I was never, like, going through high school, I was never super into it. Probably just because he was, and I was just like, I oh, don't no, that's your thing. And I'd feel weird being in the weight room, and everybody make fun of me because I was weak. It's probably still am. I remember my sophomore year, I went and got a
1: muscle fitness magazine. Okay. And it had all these ads. And that's when I started first, like, started lifting, not for just, like, high school sports, but I would go to this small little gym. Okay. Um. Right after I got my license because my mom wouldn't take me prior. My dad wouldn't either. Yeah, like to a health
0: nutrition store or whatever? Well, so I would go to this gym. Or to the I, gym, and I, okay. And,
1: and so I remember uh, reading, because I gained some weight, that there was a supplement called pyruvate uh, that you could start taking, and it had promise for weight loss. So okay. I, I remember buying pyruvate, and then I remember buying chromium picolinate. And none of this stuff did anything. Did anything. Now, <laughs> I don't know, but it amazed me. I could go into a place, looking back on this at 16 years old, and just buy what I wanted to buy <laughs> without any rhyme <laughs> or reason. Everybody just be like, "Sure." Oh, my parents not having any idea that <laughs> I was taking something, which kind of leads into. I think parents are definitely more involved nowadays. There's more information out there. Yeah, uh, but something um, I think we both get asked a lot, and I was just asked again yesterday on, um, "Can you please tell my my son?" And it's mostly boys. Yep. Uh, playing high school sports, can you please tell them that creatine's dangerous for them? Yeah, right. Or there's, bad for there's them.
0: There's still a feeling
1: out there. Yeah. yeah. So I think that bleeds into our podcast today of, can we, can we debunk all of the myths of taking creatine monohydrate yeah. as a supplement, and can we convince parents that if you're not allowing your kids to take this, then there's something wrong? Right. If they're trying to perform
0: at their best. Right. If they're trying to start getting into lifting and trying to put on some lean body mass and all that stuff. I mean, it's, it's kind of goes, goes with it. And maybe we go down
1: just a few minutes of why aren't the parents taking it too at the end of the day?
0: Yeah, right. It's a good one. A lot of these longevity experts that will follow. I feel like everybody has to do a little primer on creatine. And I think it's funny because you listen to a lot of these guys and I feel like we feel the same way. Like creatine is one of these things that's so well studied. There's so much data behind it saying that it's safe, it does what it's going to do that a lot of these experts are almost just like, golly, I'm kind of tired of talking about it. Like this was settled 20 years ago. Correct. But it's just because again, I think parents and they're, they're always getting questions about it. Like, is it safe? Is it good? And all that stuff. Right. So hence the reason we're like, yeah, let's put one out on creatine. So there's been over 500 studies done on
1: creatine. Okay. That all pretty much come back to the same conclusion or they do. They might have some differing opinions on how much lean body mass can it help with that type of stuff. But as far as risk, Absolute risk of having a problem—they're all identical, right? Uh, and then you, when you think about how many kids—I've heard upwards of fifty percent of high school kids are on uh, some type of amphetamine like Adderall. Really? That blows my mind. That's crazy. So we're okay, just saying. <laughs> yeah. Go take legal go take math. Your Adderall, <laughs> but that creatine stuff—I I don't we know might about a that. Problem with it. <laughs> so can we let's just discuss uh kind of what creatine is? Yeah how our body makes it naturally kind of just briefly simplified. Yeah. Yeah. What do we use it for? Yep. What does it use for, from a performance standpoint? Um, go through like five or six of the most common myth questions that we get. And then let's end this and make it 10, 15 minutes long. Nice. How about that? So yeah. I can, let's do it on the way to work. I think we can. Yep. I think that's a good one. And then we'll make fun of the ones that ask us the question later on. That's right. Yeah. Right. We'll name names.
0: All right. So let's start with creatine. What is creatine, Nick? So creatine, for those of you who may have listened, I don't know what order we're going to be releasing our podcast, but we did one before on energy systems. And one of these energy systems was called the creatine phosphate system uh, or the phosphagen system. Sometimes it's called. And basically what it is, is it's this compound, uh, usually stored in your muscle, Mm-hmm that is just basically there for very quick kind of explosive powerful energy because creatine is one of these compounds that um stores a a phosphate group that can be donated to make energy here we go yep atp what's the tp stand for triphosphate phosphate. and um, when, when
1: what happens when we take one of those phosphates away what do we get we get
0: a at we get ADP,
1: diphosphate. So it goes means from
0: three to two. Three to two. And during that process is when energy is released. Right. So it's like, in order to get, like, let's say, again, the 100 meter sprint, right? Or I'm trying to bench press heavy or, you know, lift something heavy, sprint, like this, this quick power producing activities, you need this kind of quick store of energy and creatine, something naturally stored in our body that you use to do that. Correct. So, so basically you just have, this that's kind of key point number one, right? right. Like what is creatine? It's something that is naturally stored in your body, right? This isn't something that some crazy compound that you're just ingesting that, you know, doesn't, isn't normally there.
1: Correct. It would, it would be kind of similar to, uh, we have this gas tank on our car and we want to make it across country without having to stop for gas. So I'm going to add another gas tank. So when that thing starts to go low, I have more fuel just to pump in there without having to stop, right? So we're just giving it an abundance of phosphate bonds so we can just continue to lift and exercise at a higher rate.
0: Right, right, right. We're not depleting, you know, yeah, the idea is we won't be depleting these creatine phosphate stores so quickly. We'll have more so we can produce more. Correct. And so
1: on a day-to-day basis, if we don't ingest any creatine... Does our body make creatine? Our body does make creatine after you ingest protein. Protein. So it Mm -hmm. takes the amino acids, which is what a protein is, is a bunch of amino acids. Yep. It takes some of those amino acids, a few of them. We don't need to get into details. Right. And it makes creatine.
0: Right. Correct. And the whole idea is if your child is eating some chicken or eating some steak, their body's making creatine. Correct. Or
1: if we ingest red meat, there is a certain amount of creatine naturally in red meat because it's muscle. That our body can pull from that as well. Right. Correct. So, but you need animal proteins for the most part to be able to take the amino acids and build this creatine over time. Right. And our body makes about how much creatine a day? Do you remember? Oh, I remember it excrete, like it gets rid of about two, gra- it, like two grams per day. It, yeah. We lose about two grams per day through urine. Yeah. Yeah. But then um, how much do we make per a, day? About the same. So two oh, to okay. three grams per day. Okay. Yep. This is takes me back to school when Nick usually had to ask me. The <laughs> <case>. <laughs> hey, Jason. <laughs> so our body makes two to three grams of creatine a day and it it excretes through urine around two grams a day. Yep. Right? Yep. And so the process of doing this is mainly for what function? The, pro, the process. Why do, why do we make so much creatine a day? What is the primary reason besides making the creatine per day? Besides... Let's say this energy production. What are we using it for? Creatine? Yes. What are we using it for from a, um, remember how we have building blocks and we have something that comes from it? Do we use it for methyl donation? We do use it. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering if that's where you're going. <laughs> yeah, right, <yeah>, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Again. Now, I thought it was a a methyl receptor. It is. Yeah. Okay. Right, right.
1: So, what is that in, in a very um, simplistic view? What is that for? What do we do that for? Zach just fell off his stare.
0: Sure. S- like, what do we do? Why do we need this methyl system? Any clue? Go. I, I mean, I have thoughts in my head, but you, do we need it from a
1: simplified standpoint, or do we just say creatine's used for this process of accepting methyl groups right. in our body for processes to run from anything from. Um, Antioxidant formation potentially. Okay. Uh, for neurotransmitter Neurotransmitter, formation. So neurotransmitters are like serotonin, dopamine. Right. Um, the the chemicals in your brain that make you feel happy or good, or if you don't have enough of them, potentially sad. Right. That type of stuff. Right. Um, so depression, those type of issues, right? Yeah, yeah. So creatine is not the main source of energy. It's not used mainly for that. It's used for this whole other system to uh, accept this chemistry molecule to produce other products, right? Yes. To get, us, to get things done. Yep. So it's natural. We use it for this level. But on the exercise side and the performance side, we use it for we need to make a bunch of energy. Right. Does that makes sense? Yep. So if something's naturally occurring in our body, is there a high probability that it's going to be negative for us most likely not okay so we know that now when i'm exercising i'm doing power stuff like jumping sprinting for less than 10 12 seconds that i need this high rate of phosphate and atp and creatine so it makes sense that if i'm going to be doing those tasks to be a better athlete in my sport i probably would want to accumulate some of this in our body so our body doesn't have to use it for other stuff necessarily right yeah So if we don't have enough creatine, I think, don't we have a hard time producing dopamine and neurotransmitters?
0: Yeah, it was like, again, not to to go off on a sidetrack, but the way I kind of remember it was that certain things in your diet that are rich in, like, I think it was choline right? Like you need to be getting certain things in your diet in order to have enough methyl groups to make neurotransmitters and just all the stuff Jason said earlier. But a lot of that methyl stuff goes to making creatine, like a sort of like really high percent of that goes to making creatine. And so the idea is if you already have enough creatine, then I think more of these methyl groups can be used for these other things. And that's why you see kind of funny things that have been coming out, like studies showing supplementing with creatine has cognitive benefits, right? Which I don't think there's been a whole ton of those, but just interesting things come out where it makes you even more so like, oh, wow, taking creatine, very safe, very good for you. And even for kind of ways that we don't really totally get, but it's like, wow, you can get cognitive benefits from supplementing with creatine. Sounds good. Absolutely. You know? So yes. All right. So let's go back. Now, we know that it's
1: probably good for us to be able to do explosive type sports, lifting weights, jumping, sprinting, those mm-hmm. type of things, which most athletes, if not all athletes, need to be doing to become a better athlete. Yep. What are some of the myths that we want to go down and say, first and foremost, these let's debunk this from a parental stand standpoint? Yeah, right. So what do you hear most commonly from parents?
0: Well, you feel like I feel like it's it's just kind of a is it good for me? I think And again, not judging these parents because they're not in the exercise physiology space, so they don't know. But it's just kind of like, oh, this is a foreign substance, which we just kind of talked about. But is it like some kind of steroid? Is it like bad? You know, I mean, is it going to make them this muscle-bound weirdo or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, basically, is it a steroid of some kind? Correct. And the answer is no. It's It's not. Nope. It plays no significant role in testosterone
1: production or degradation or anything to that matter of fact. Correct. Right, so we can say conclusively, it is not an anabolic steroid, and there's no risk of any of those potential side effects that anabolic steroids could cause.
0: yeah, right, 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 right. again, this is something your body naturally makes all the time.
1: and to get back to that, it's it's legal in all professional sports, including the Olympics. If there right. was an anabolic component to that, then it would not be legal in all forms of professional sports, right. right
0: right, right. And you can, like you were saying earlier, you can just walk into a health food store and just buy it over the counter, so right uh number two does creatine lead to water retention mm, that's a good one a lot of bloating like i have heard that even from like i'll get that one from high school kids too right who i think maybe have taken creatine or were looking into taking creatine it's like well it'll make you put on weight but it's just a bunch of water weight you know what i mean like it's just gonna make you bloated right
1: and we mean bloated not from the stomach of having gas but bloated of did you look like you sw- you got got swelling. Yeah, right. Extra Outside the muscle, do you look like you put on some fat or, you know. Yeah. That day after you eat too much salt, maybe popcorn at the movie, something That's like it. that. Yeah, a little Mexican extra. food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carrying a little extra That's water away. I definitely don't take my shirt off at the beach.
0: That's right. Yep. So the whole idea is what creatine is going to do is, again, it's stored in your muscle. And what it will do is it pulls a lot of water into your muscle. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, when you really look at it, th- this is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Right, Correct. so it's it's pulling water in, which probably is good for your muscle because most your muscle is mostly water. Correct, and it, it's just from a aesthetic point of view. It's like the whole point of working out and 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 even for women is you want your muscles to look more defined. Correct, and the reason and and the the way you do that is making them bigger or like making your muscles. Yeah, bigger, more swollen, at least relative to your body fat, right? So it's like the, that's the whole point of doing it. Yeah, water's gonna be in two places. It's either gonna be inside the muscle
1: or outside the muscle. When it's outside the muscle, it's between the muscle and the skin.
0: Right. Correct? That's, yeah, kind of
1: that traditional bloaty look. If you have that, you look less defined and you're bloated. Right. If the muscle and water, if the water is inside the muscle, Then there's less space between the skin and the muscle, which makes you look leaner. Right. So the scale might slightly tip in favor of increasing body weight just a little bit because you're actually hydrating your muscle more. Right. But it's not going to be significant because I'll get that from women. Well, I don't want to gain weight. Yeah. Well, it's not. You're not gaining weight. You're actually hydrating the muscle. You're not. Adding excess water weight outside the muscle. Yeah, right. And once you explain it, they're like, "Oh, okay, I should be taking this."
0: Yeah, right, right, right. Once they kind of fully understand, it's like, "Oh, yeah, I guess." Yeah, making my muscle look more, you know, yeah, full like and whatever is kind of the point. Correct. And right. I and I also read there's some decent
1: studies on if the muscle is more hydrated, it increases protein synthesis inside the muscle. It keeps that clock going or that machine working. Okay. And protein synthesis um, is basically just building muscle. Yes. So when you work out and you get that. Sore feeling. The, the point of that is your body's breaking down muscle when you work out and it builds it back up and it builds it back up just slightly a little bit stronger and slightly a little bit thicker. And then over time, when you do that for the long term, you get bigger muscles, stronger muscles, that type of stuff. But if you don't have the proper nutrients coming in or if you're dehydrated, that system of building it back doesn't happen as well. Right. And so this just makes it optimal for growing. Right. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. I got one all the time is, uh, will it make you lose your hair of baldness, which kind of ticks me off? Cause I, do you get that one?
0: Uh, I have heard that before. And I think that takes me back to the mid nineties where I think my mom, again, who had to buy this stuff for my older brother, I think would just kind of like default to that natural parenting. Like, well, oh, it's going to make you, it's going to a stunt your growth mm-hmm. or B it's going to make you go bald. Right. Even though we don't, you know, I, I think that's just, if there's a substance a parent doesn't understand, they're going to go there. Correct.
1: Well, I'm glad <laughs> That you get it too, because I thought it was just stereotyping me since
0: I lost my hair. Yeah, right. Oh, you
1: must take creatine. Yeah, you've been taking this since you were a (laughs) kid. Is there any truth to it's going to cause you to lose
0: your hair? So uh, I think the idea is no. Like the overarching theme is no. Um, I guess has there been, I don't think it's many, but maybe a study or two that kind of said taking some creatine could uh, increase DHT production, which is a downstream testosterone um, breakdown, like conversion of testosterone, um, which I guess, uh, increased DHT has been shown to, you know, be a prime driver of male pattern baldness, right? Correct. But again, I think the overarching theme right now is like, no, I I don't think it's a, you know, I don't know if it's statistically significant. I don't know how much it increases your DHT and can we in any way peg this to baldness? No. Correct. And And
1: if we really want to, um, I guess, contradict that the reason boys start puberty and go through puberty is a sharp rise in dht yeah right, right right so it would probably not affect them near as much because their dht is already skyrocketing and that's why they get this growth and their yeah nuts drop and their voice deepens right that's right all right good that's why i've been trying to talk with a lower voice <laughs> i have lots of dht <laughs> um is there a loading phase required this was something we had to do when we were kids oh yeah so yeah. again
0: take me back to the 90s i think that was something um that used to be done. I think it still kind of is done where I think you would like do like 20 grams a day of creatine for, I don't know, a few weeks weeks. and then you would drop down or go off or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think nowadays what we've learned is again, just with the safety being what it is and the efficacy being what it is, I think what's generally, uh, recommended is you just take five grams a day and that's plenty. Correct. Um, because the idea is just five grams every day is going to slowly kind of saturate your muscle. Um, and that's where you want to end up. And so the idea is, could you load if you want to? Sure. It's kind of a difference of, okay, now my muscles will be totally saturated with creatine in like one week as opposed to like three or four two, weeks. Yeah, right. Two. So it's like, okay, if it's really that big of a deal to you, go ahead. But uh, I think there is a significant uh, amount of people that when you load that much, they might get some like GI upset. Yeah, diarrhea. Di- right. Yeah. High propensity to poop their pants. Yes. Yeah. Right. So and we,
1: an athlete, should be lifting year round for the most part. Right. And I don't think we have this immediate,
0: oh my God, I only have three weeks to do something. I need to flood my system anymore. Exactly. Right? And plus I just feel like I've heard people say that like, well, if you have a, you know, a big event coming up, then maybe you might want to consider. It. It's like, I don't know that I would re- like, would no. you really want to do that right before an event? Yeah. Right. I'm yeah. sprinting down the field. To tackle somebody <laughs> and I <loot> myself.
1: That's- <laughs> yeah.
0: I find myself saying, I don't think I'd
1: recommend doing that. Um, is it harmful at all to children, adolescents compared to adults? Is there any significant difference in physiology or metabolism? That's another question I get. Yeah. Like, well, I know it's okay for adults, but my kid's a kid.
0: Yeah, right. And again, I think the answer is no. Perfect. Like, we don't have anything we can point to say that. Other than like little kids, like my kids are little. And it's like, I think once like until you have kind of a favorable hormonal profile for building muscle, I don't know that you need to be taking it. But I think once you're in those, yeah, adolescent puberty years, I think it's you're, you're fine to start taking it.
1: Uh, Something that I've gotten before, we had a a large patient base, an athlete base of cross-country distance runners, Okay, And I used to get quite a bit of, well, my kid doesn't do power sprinting sports. And I said, what I've come to conclusion of is, at some point during a race, there's a high likelihood that you're going to use this system of creatine phosphate. There's also, we have to have ATP at all times. Now, they... Distance runners don't need it immediately most of the time, so they're able to uh, utilize fat and just slowly make ATP or glucose, glycogen, whatever it is, right? But at some point, I think there's going to be a sprint involved, and why don't we have something ready to do that if we have, if we can? Like, why right. don't you just fill the tank as much as you can just because you might need it? There's no right. negative risk for it,
0: right. right? And especially I think a lot of the, again, I've never run cross-country, but I feel like in the beginning, like when the gun goes off, you're running, I think, fairly hard. Well, to like me, in the beginning, like to kind of get out there where in my mind, like I kind of have this feeling like, do we really think in the course of a race? Do we think like I, I would assume you're going to be depleting some creatine phosphate stores at some point, absolutely. even though, yeah, is it a 100 meter sprint? No. Are you trying to max bench? No. But I think it's just reasonable to assume you're going to be depleting some creatine stores. Yeah. All know? these systems are working. They're working kind of simultaneously. Right, right.
1: Right. So but I would agree. I've, I've those guys that sprint out of the off the gate. Like they're running fast and then they still have to run for three more miles. Like I would stop. Yeah, same. Like, this right. is stupid. <laughs> right? <laughs> or at the end, you know, you or got to get end. that yeah. kick at the end. Right, right, exactly. You're going to need something. Um, another couple questions, then we'll be done. Is,
0: um, is it only work for males versus females? Good question. No. Females, okay. perfectly fine to take it as well. Again, because the whole point of lifting weights is we're trying to make you look leaner. And the way you look leaner is more defined muscle, less body fat. So we can, you know, as we're boosting muscle gains and as we're pulling water into the muscle, that's going to help with the look you're trying to accomplish. Correct.
1: Does creatine cause muscle growth or strength increases without exercise? Um, I don't believe so. Yeah. I just don't know the mechanism because we already have creatine phosphate sitting there if you're not doing that.
0: Right. Correct. But yeah, with coupled with training, that's kind of another cool thing is you do see like study after study showing increases in lean body mass. Correct. Which is pretty cool.
1: Cause you're able to actually push yourself a little bit harder and without fatigue.
0: Right. Right. Um,
1: last one, if you go to any supplement store now or go online, there's four or five, six different types of creatine. Okay. Anywhere from creatine monohydrate, which is very inexpensive comparatively speaking, to e- creatine, ester, ethyl, mm-hmm. whatever. Blah, creatine blah, blah, HCl. Blah. Yeah, all yeah. these different creatines that get very expensive per serving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do we have any evidence that you need to do anything else besides creatine monohydrate? No. Perfect.
0: I've kind of heard it said that I think anything above and beyond creatine monohydrate is just marketing. Correct. You know, is it very possible creatine ethyl ester or creatine HCL or creatine HMB or whatever? Like, is it like, is it very possible it does just as good as regular creatine monohydrate? Probably, maybe, but it's like, if it's more expensive, why would you buy, you know what I mean? Why would you just stick to what we know has been studied over and over and And that's the other cool cool thing about creatine monohydrate is if most of these creatine monohydrates, you go and you look at it and you flip around the back. I feel like this will help some parents. Like you look on the back under ingredients and all it says is creatine monohydrate. Yes. You know what I mean? Like there's not a bunch of artificial flavors and colors and all that stuff. You know what I mean? So I feel like some parents might like hearing that where it's not like some of these things you can find in nutrition shops where there's a paragraph of ingredients and half of them you're like, I don't even know what that is. It's just very straight. Unflavored creatine monohydrate. Perfect. Do you take creatine? I do. Yeah. Five grams a day. And how long have you been taking creatine
1: for? Long time. And you still have all your hair. Over a decade, still have a thick, luscious head of hair. Perfect. I take creatine as well. My boys, I have twin boys that are 15, both take creatine. My wife takes creatine. We all take creatine. All right. Um, And I just think if we're going to start down the road of I'm exercising and I'm doing something, what's the next step to help me? I don't think you go anywhere else, but create the monohydrate unless you want to supplement with some protein that you can't get in your diet. Right. Right. So, all right. I think we've, uh, we've, uh, debunked all myths and any more parents that ask these questions and prevent their kids from doing it are only hurting themselves.
0: Right. We can say C podcast. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Appreciate you guys listening. See you next time. Thanks. Hey.
0: The information provided on this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. No doctor-patient relationship is established by listening to this podcast. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast.